Welcome to the Kingdom Builders Podcast. What up, what up? Hi, this is Christine. Hi, I'm Kim. And I'm Jason. And we're your Kingdom Builders. We are. And, and we have other Kingdom Builders, too. We do. We have some joining us. You want to tell them? They're here. Yeah. yeah. Hey, introduce yourself, people. Josh. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Josh from Wichita. Hey, Josh. I'm, I'm Janine from Atlanta. Hey, Janice. Yes. ATL. Awesome. Great. Well, it's wonderful to have you on. The reason that we have Kingdom Builders on our podcast with us is because they are supporters of the Kingdom Builder ministry. They have gone to patreon.com slash kingdom builders, and they've signed up for one of our tiers to help support the ministry and be a kingdom builder themselves. Mm-hmm. And so one of the perks is that you get to be on the podcast and we like that yeah. because we have really great conversations with really amazing people. It's true. Yes. We have a couple. Sh- shout out. There you shout go. Out. We have a couple shout outs. Uh, we have James is a new kingdom builder and hey, Leslie is a new kingdom builder. James and Leslie, welcome. Welcome in. <laughs> Kim hates it. He I knows it no language. Time. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. Well, we're excited to be here today. Man, there's been a lot going on, hasn't there? There's been so much going on. Oh my goodness. You guys, the spirit is just moving in people and it's so cool to see. It really is. Like all of a sudden, maybe in the last couple of weeks, it's like boom, explosion. It's like since Passover. So last time we were on here, we talked about Passover True. and that this was really a shifting of the times. And mm-hmm. truly we have seen so many things breaking open since Passover, people being awakened, all of this wild and crazy awesome stuff lots of things lots of things you know what i'm excited about what what i'm really excited about pentecost you are isn't that may 26th 30th 30th uh sundown but we're having a service no it's 30 well it's the 30th at sundown yeah so oh, okay. it starts but we're doing the service before the actual no it's the actual it's sundown. the same day yeah i just have the 26th in my head for no reason Correct. that's true it's yeah. the 30th <laughs> that's right yeah, so that's pretty <laughs> Most people would say the 31st um, because, well, if you go off of the Hebrew calendar, the day starts at sundown. So it's actually like mm-hmm. the next day. You know yeah. what I mean? So, right. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting that the Lord would begin the days with rest. Usually, we, in our American mindset, Western mindset, it's like wake up at six and go to work. And the Lord says, no, start your day with rest. <laughs> right. Rest first and that's then nice. go to work. It's pretty great. Yeah. So really cool. If you've been listening to the podcast and you've listened to some of our last episodes, we have talked a lot about the feast and that in different regards, we've all felt led to celebrate them, but we're really not sure how to do that. But we've just kind of been flying by the seat of our pants, right? Um, Figuring it out as, uh, as we go along. And what's been really cool is the Lord has actually led some people to the source to partner with us to host a Pentecost service. And so that's just been kind of cool. It is how cool. he's worked that out. And so kind of excited about that for sure. It yeah. is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yep. Well, do you want to dive into the topic? Sure. Well, let's do it. You start. I'll start. So um, I spend way too much time on Facebook. I was on Facebook today and I saw one of my friends post a question. And the question was, what do you think are some of the hidden or secret sins or some of the sins that are overlooked by the Christian community. And um, so people started saying all different kinds of things. And, and there was a response 
that got me thinking um, basically like, you know, what is essentially what's our obsession with right and wrong? What's our obsession with trying to figure out what is sin and what isn't sin? Right. And this whole right or wrong mentality. And what we ended up, what I ended up thinking about concerning that was going back to the knowledge of the tree of good and evil and how it was the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil was essentially Mm -hmm. man existing in a place, not sourcing from the Lord to know what is right or wrong. Right. So I need to not say right because right or wrong, right. That's kind of confusing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so that's, I mean, that's the law. Basically the law came and said, this is right. This is wrong. And the Lord brought that. And then of course we know the law brought about death. So I just, was talking to you about that saying, Hey, Christine, what do you think about this? You know, how do we, how do we navigate that? How do we get people to go from having a mentality of right versus wrong to living from the tree of life and into relationship where all of that comes to pass? Um, I, I typically get into it a little bit with people whenever they start talking about this is sin, that sin, or they start talking about obedience or living according to the scriptures and that kind of stuff. And, and, and I'll say, well, does he know good? to distinguish between what is right or wrong. If the spirit of God isn't living in you and you're not in relationship with him, maturing you into obedience to what is right and wrong, it does, you no good. So just understanding right and wrong alone has no power, but it's the relate. There's the power in the relationship. And so I think maybe we just throw that out um, to everybody and we'll just talk about the idea between kind of gathering this knowledge, this information, versus existing in intimate relationship with the father. Yeah. Well, I'll just say that um I I talk to people every day and probably this is the most common problem is um people wanting to know, well, how do I do this? What do I need to do? etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like give me a list of the how-tos. Um and <laughs> It's really, the problem is, it's like the wrong question altogether. Um, That's how I feel. Yeah, because basically, I think the reason that the Lord switches it up so much is so we will seek relationship. Um, Because, you know, you say, okay, how do I heal somebody? I've said this a thousand times, but there there are a million different ways to heal people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, All throughout the scriptures, you see like tons of different things about how people get healed. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have everybody going, okay, well, let me go to this doctor to get his perfect knowledge about how I could possibly get healed from this. And then let me go to a different doctor because that didn't work. And so let me just study, um, I'm going to study orthopedics and then I'm going to, whatever it might be, it's always going to be something different that you study to try to be so smart and you're gaining knowledge. Yeah. Trying to gather the right knowledge. Well, if this didn't work, well, let me continue the pursuit of the right way, the right thing. So could we be as wise as God? That goes back to the basic question, right? The basic, hey, Adam and Eve bit is, don't you want to be as wise as God? Mm. Right? And you could be as wise as God if you eat from this tree, which is a big fat lie, of course. (laughs) And so if we can just get rid of this, I can figure it all out on my own, or I can figure it out by other people telling me and just go back to straight relationship. Um, When we go back to relationship, it doesn't look the same for everybody at all. Um, (laughs) We might learn things and go, oh my goodness, now that makes sense. 
but it's because we're getting it out of relationship and we're not getting it out of just plain knowledge. And it's, it's amazing. I was telling Jason this story, which will be kind of weird, but not for everybody, because you know what? Um, one of these people on here, if not two, already knew all this before we did um, about engaging the being silver. Okay, so we talked about this, and um, I didn't think I'd talk about it tonight, but I obviously like And so in my head, that's what I was doing. <laughs> um, but... Uh, the other the other day it was really interesting because we were engaging um this being in the heavenly realms look at that josh holding up silver all right <laughs> um yeah let's see okay sorry trying to actually run a computer at the same time it's not the most brilliant thing to do in a podcast but anyway um <laughs> so we were engaging the being silver and we were actually meeting with another kingdom builder um, who's not on here right now. But anyway, he was saying, yeah, I just really want to get to know them, silver and gold. And I'm like, yeah, why didn't I think of it that way? You know, I'm just thinking um, I need to go to them and ask for something. Or, And this is what most people do with the Lord, actually. Right. Um, and any being, they go, okay, if I want to get to know my angels, I want to see what they can do for me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. instead... I was just like, huh, I'm going to, yeah, I want to get to know them too. And so I just started asking questions kind of like I'm meeting someone in person. And so I was saying, hey, so what do you like to do? What is it that you're here for? Why were you created? What's your purpose? You know, all these things. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much and got to know them. And it was like kind of cool. I mean, just like, hey, I have a new friend and I had this love inside, you know, for this for this being that God created. And then um, <laughs> he led us into this different dimension. And when we did, he said, this is where I live. And uh, it was really different, like never seen anything like it before. Really cool. And um, he said, you know, I don't really invite people here often because no one seeks relationship like you guys do. And I was like, wow, that makes all the sense in the world. You know, um, of course, am I going to let some stranger in my house just because, you know, he asked me for $5? No. But if someone tries to make friends with me and I get to know him a little bit, then I'm going to invite him into my house, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to kind of look at our, our spirituality, our relationship, in those kind of terms, instead of always seeking God's hand, like we've said it a thousand times, everyone does. Don't just seek his hand without seeking his face, right? Mm -hmm. But there's something really important about that, that you don't just go, okay, God, how can I do this? I want to um, learn how to do your miracle. So can you just show me how to do this, please? <laughs> um, no, we need to go, okay, Lord, I just want to know you. So what are you about? What's your thing, you know? Who are you? What do you love? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what is it that you just would really love to see? Um, anyway, those things are really special to me. And just to see, he's shown me some of his creation before that he just really, really loves. And I don't know if anyone else in all of creation has even seen this little being that he made, but it was really cool just to see like how much he loved that little being. And, 
I want that kind of relationship. Like that's for me. Yeah. <laughs> nobody ever says, Hey God, what do you like? <laughs> no, pretty much nobody what, does that. Yeah, I don't which, know why. Which mountain's your favorite mountain? You made <laughs> all the rivers and the oceans and all that stuff, you know, which one do you like best? Yeah. That's a completely different way of thinking about relationship with God than I've ever heard. Well, and if Who you really, that? if you really think about it too, there's this whole aspect and concept of God's love, like the agape, selfless, godly love, right? Yeah. And I hope that everyone knows that this is like the ultimate kind of love, right? And this is the kind of love that we're called to for one another and for him and for all of creation. Mm. And honestly, if you're not going to the father and allowing him to teach you and show you these things, like if you are only focused on yourself, you will only get that part of his love. But when you mm. go to him in regard to other things and what he cares about, then he shares that love with you. You know what I mean? Then you might start really loving the mountains and really valuing and honoring what they are as his creation and what they were intended for and their beauty. You know what I mean? You might really value the little ants that are crawling on your picnic table because he's shown you the value and has really opened up something new for you but it's really difficult to know his heart when you are continue i mean for all to know his heart for all of these uh -huh. different things in his creation that he really does care about if we are constantly going and seeking for ourselves i mean so i want to learn this i want to know this i want you to do this for me that kind of stuff yeah it's not a bad thing to go and ask him for things and, and to learn from him because it's really important we do learn from him. But there's a whole other part of him that is just, he's waiting to open up to you if you take the time to get to know him in that way. You know, even when you have a, like our relationship, we're married, Jason and I are married. If all I ever did was go to him and want him to fulfill my needs and my wants, I would without hesitation because I love you so much. Right. But I wouldn't actually know him. Right. I would know only this one part of him. Right. But when right. I go to him and ask him an open-ended question and ask him about himself, that it starts opening up a whole different part of intimacy. Yeah. And it really yeah. is so important. And this is what's important with silver. Um, I was, I had a very similar um, experience. I was there with Chris when that happened, but also I went to him on my own and, you know, we sat and had tea. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we sat down and we had some relationship and I learned through him because he was shocked that anyone would want to just spend time with him and not seek him for something. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I learned that there is a great importance on learning the value of creation and not just in how they can be spent. Right. You know what I mean? And silver is wow. a really good example of that. Mm. And honestly, the church needs to wake up and we need to realize Definitely. that we do this to each other too. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So we think the body of Christ is here for us to be able to spend sometimes, especially in ministry, 
this tends to be something that happens and yeah. it's an ugly topic and it's not anything anyone wants to talk about, but it happens. We spend right. people, I, you know what I mean? We see their value and what they can do for us. And that's not how they were created. You know, some people are servants, but the value doesn't stop there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it really is about, again, going to the father, having him show you how much he loves them. What does he think about them? How did he create them? What does he see that's beautiful? There's so much in that. Um, but even just to bring it back to the trees, that is eating from the tree of life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's going to the source and getting, getting the depths of identity for these things, for these beings, for these people, for whatever it may be, as opposed to going and learning about it to then use for something. Yeah. Right? I used to say about church planting, because we were in church planting from 2010. I was, I moved here in 2010. We started church in 2011. We shut it down in 2014. So roughly four years in the church planter world. And looking back, I now make the statement that we, we spent so much time, energy, effort, and people. Like I say, I make the statement, we spent people. And that really hurt my heart because you, you suck them dry for all they're worth to serve your purpose. And it seems that some people see the father that way as well. Like, what can I gain? What can he give me? Um, and that, that does kind of suck. And if you think about first Corinthians 13, it's the love chapter. And it just says that love isn't self-seeking. So if we're only ever seeking to gain something from Yahweh, is that truly love? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I heard somebody say that the reward of the gospel is Christ himself. Like, you know, that relationship. Yeah. It's not, I mean, we get it, whatever your theology is, we get saved from hell, saved from our sins, saved from death, all that stuff. We receive so much and then we're sons. So there's inheritance and all of that, but truly there's that relationship. Um, that's the most important thing. And I, I think I'll talk to you about that with the prodigal son. So the prodigal son went to his father and he said, Hey, give me my inheritance. I want what's mine. I want to spend you, what, what you're worth for me. I want to spend you and gain all of my inheritance. So then he took it in and squandered it. And of course he had a repentant heart and he goes back to the father and the father had even more to give him another robe, another ring, more sandals, another calf, another party, another meal. But I think the most important thing about that was the identity piece, like just saying, Hey, you're my son and I, I love you. Let's party. Let's throw a feast, right? They're going to slay a fattened calf. They're not going to finish that in one meal. That's going to be like a week long affair of them just hanging out at the table where intimacy takes place, face to face conversation. And so I think that's just, it's so important, just exactly what you're saying, like go into um, to the father and really just asking him about himself. And I've not really ever done that, you know, but I, I love that idea. And especially when we're talking about right and wrong and what's sin and what's not and obedience to the scriptures and those kinds of things. I don't think we can truly be obedient or we can truly live out the mission of Christ and love people selflessly. If we don't see him the way that see people, the way that he sees them, because he has a true selfless love for them. And so then we have to engage him in that way and say, let me see people through your eyes. And when he shows you his heart for his creation, for his people, and then he gives you that heart you can't help but obey because he's shown you the value and the worth 
in people. So rather than spending them, what do we want to do? We want to serve them. We want to love them selflessly. We want to honor them. We want to honor them. Yeah. We don't want to use them for what we think they're worth for our purposes. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I, I think about, um, how this relates to marriage. I just have to, because for me, I think about, um, if I were to, like if Dustin, my husband would write out a list of 20 things that he wanted me to get done in the day. And then, um, I didn't get like two of them done. I would feel like really bad about it. I would be guilty feeling. I mm -hmm. would be like, oh man, he's going to come home and he's going to be so mad because I didn't get it done. Um, but I know that if I would be so interested in relationship with him during the day that I didn't get those things done, I wouldn't be worried about if, if I got them done or not because his heart would be toward me. And I would know that because I was seeking the right thing, right. the more important thing. Mm -hmm. And so if we can think of sin like this, that it's not always about, did we get everything done on the list? Did we accomplish everything or did we fail at something? It's not a, did we get it all right thing? It's really about where we enter out of relationship. Right. And when we're in relationship, all of that just is like, oh, we'll deal with it later. It's fine. Like, no big deal. Let's do it together, you know? And it's not a, it's not a, a problem, you know, yeah. it doesn't mm -hmm. cause condemnation. It's, it's the Mary Martha story. Basically, and we know that one. Is, yeah. Mary is at the feet of Jesus. Martha's running around trying to get things together. So Mary, Mary is relationship oriented and Martha is task oriented. And I think that story also shows us, well, one, Jesus says Mary has chosen what is best. And that will not be taken from her right. where Martha was worried about the things that needed to get done and was upset that those around her weren't focused on the same thing she was. Mm -hmm. So here she is at, at the feet of Jesus in relationship with him. And she's saying, no, you should be doing more. And Jesus is like, hold on just a second. And so just think about how religion does that. Religion right. says, no, you need to do more. You need to do more. And you're yeah. like, hold on. I'm just getting to know Yahweh, <laughs> you know, or Yeshua. And so um, the other piece to that is that, Often when people come to the Lord, they're saved, you know, there's relationship. Um, they tend to say, use me, Lord, use me, Lord, use, I just want to be used, Lord, I just want to use, I just want to serve, I just want to use, be used, be used, be used. And they think that their place in the kingdom is only that of use and not of relationship. Mm -hmm. And so they get the cart before the horse. Jesus said about his disciples, in, in scripture, it says that Jesus called his disciples to himself, that they might be with him that they might preach the gospel and then they might cast out demons. And so if you look at the order of that, it's being with him and then you would proclaim the message of the kingdom and then supernatural acts would follow. And so a lot of people want to do the supernatural. They want to preach. I want to preach. I want to teach. I want to heal people. I want to do this, that, right. and the other, bam, bam, bam. And they're never with him right. and they get it so backwards. True. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is, like even with Martha, I don't think that she had bad intentions. She was trying to serve and make this dinner or whatever great and make it according to the standards, right? So that it would be good. Mm -hmm. However, she overlooked the relationship and that is what has to take precedence. Mm -hmm. So even though I could be in close relationship with the father and then put on a really great dinner party in his honor. Yeah. I could do that. Mm -hmm. 
right? Yeah. But which is coming first, mm-hmm. right? Which is taking precedence. And so I don't think that the intention was to ignore relationship, right? But I think it's just something we need to keep in mind. And I know it's preached over and over again. It's taught for centuries, right? About this, but it's just that relationship just has to take first place, mm-hmm. you know? I think it's true. Mm-hmm. So how do you, so then the question that I had in the beginning, I believe was how do we get people to have that mentality shift? You teach or how do them. we help? Yeah. I mean, I will give a really good example of our friend Joshua here. Joshua. He teases us that every time he asks us a question, we always tell him to go ask Jesus. <laughs> um, but truly what we're doing in that is we're encouraging him and empowering him to go and have his relationship with, with the Lord, right? Seek the answers from him. We want to be here to support you because we love you and you're our brother and we want your relationship to be great with him, but we're going to spur you on in that. And I think that is what discipleship is truly. It's not about teaching someone to be another Kim. Don't have my relationship with the Lord, have your own relationship with the Lord. So it is about pointing people to him to get their answers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Joshua, I know you're not much of a talker, but I'm going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone. Do you, can you maybe speak to that a little bit and just, I mean, it's the joke. Yeah. You always tell me to go to Yahweh, but (laughs) can, can you talk about, you know, what happens? You have questions, you ask questions, you like to discuss things, but then it always comes back to like, go engage over it. (laughs) And so, you know, maybe what goes through your head and what happens when you, when you focus in that way? Well, I would say, you know, I totally understand the heart behind the answer and, you know, the encouragement to spur you on in your own relationship, because how else are you really going to learn something? I mean, I can tell you all day about how to fly an airplane, but unless you go and learn to fly an airplane, you're not going to know. Knowledge Um, is experience. And so, you know, I understand I understand the heart behind it from the practical side. It can be frustrating when you're looking for an answer that you're not finding and you know, somebody else has it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to say that I, I know that that's what everyone feels and I know that that's what everyone thinks. Um, But the truth is I only have the answer for me, but I don't have the answer for you. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is, I think what everyone is, maybe not everyone, but what most people are missing is they think that one size fits all. And so if I've figured it out, then I have some mystery that nobody else gets and I'm trying to hoard it. And that's not what it is. It's like, even though the Lord, like today, this happened to me, um, I was engaging over someone and actually we were supposed to have a private appointment, but they couldn't make the appointment. So I just engaged over them anyway. And, um, and I, the Lord showed me that there were these curses over their life that had to be torn down. And then, so, you know, I tore them down and I tore them down according to how the Lord has me do that. And it's just how I do it. 
And it's not, they're like, wait, how do you break curses? How do you do that? And I'm like, well, what I was led to do, which is probably may or may not be what you're led to do because it's different all the time, right? So yeah. there are times when the Lord says, oh, you need to go to the courts for that. And oh, this time you need to just rip them down out of the sky and stomp on them. You know, I mean, right. things that, oh, and this one, you know, Yeshua's blood is coming in like tearing it apart and cleansing it. And it's always different. And so um, it's hard to say that. I'll say what I did, but that doesn't even mean I'll do it tomorrow. And that doesn't mean that they're going to be led to do that at all. Mm. And so that's the hard part is that um, our relationship really is so unique, even day to day, that it's not an easy answer ever. And it's because of that, I think that the Lord had me quit listening to teachers for a long time is because I was doing the same thing. I, I was yeah. like, what does he say? Oh, what was this experience? And I just was like so hungry to grow that I thought I needed to just listen to every teacher in order to do that. It's like, I'm here I am not realizing it. All I'm doing is eating from the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm like, give me more knowledge. I need more. I need to know more. Give me more. And so I'm trying to eat to get full, but I'm eating and staying hungry. And so what the Lord did to me is he just basically cut the dang tree down. And he <laughs> said, all right, no more for you. And then I said, I don't know what I'm doing. It's kind of like me saying, I have no idea where the tree of life is, though. And so um, anyway, somehow, some way, I just obeyed and he started teaching me, even though I didn't know how to even learn from him alone. I, When he said, I want to be the one to teach you everything, I literally was like, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and he just leads you. And it's sometimes a little awkward and sometimes mm -hmm. you don't really get anything. And other times you get full, amazing experiences. But for once I started eating to get full and it's like all of a sudden now I'm having rich experiences, even if it's once a week, add those up in a year and you have like amazing experiences. And so here I am like really seeking that and I didn't think I'd ever be able to listen to another teacher again, he, just because I thought he cut the tree down, basically. And he then eventually said, oh, here, you can start listening again. And when I did, it wasn't to glean from them. It wasn't to pick from the tree. It was just kind of fellowship. It was like I would listen to somebody and mm, go, it's like solidarity. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that makes sense. Mm. And instead of it being like, how do I do this? What Feed do I do? Me, yeah, Feed exactly. Me. And so for me, things shifted. And I didn't know that what it really was, was an idol of man that I had. It was not like men, the male gender. It was just, I had unknowingly put people on pedestals mm -hmm. and thinking that they know more than me and they can give me everything I need. And I was kind of bypassing the true source mm -hmm. with all good intentions, by the way. Like, sure. I mean, yeah. I, I love the Lord at that right. point. It was because you wanted to know him more. Yeah, it, it really was. It mm -hmm. was, it was pure intentions. It was right. just, um, the wrong way you know yeah. jesus is the way right we know that but mm -hmm. we tend to go any other way than through him <laughs> and yeah. so um 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, and I was going to say earlier, I really do think even though it's hard and we don't really know what we're doing in the beginning, when we start seeking out an intimate relationship, not always does everyone know how to initiate that or how to really start to walk that out. Um, but it really is kind of a step of faith, truly. Um, like, are you willing to put yourself out there and do whatever to know him, you know? Um, and I don't know. I just, I can't stress enough how important it is to have your own relationship because there really is a depth and there really is a sweetness in this. Um, and he has so much for you about who you are, about how he created you, but also about who he is mm -hmm. and the things that he's created. I mean, there's just so much and it's give and yeah. take and it's, it's good and it's full. Jason and I were just talking about this last week. It's fulfilling in a way that no other relationship can be. You know what I mean? So even in our broken world where we go and we seek approval or fulfillment or satisfaction from others, right? Whether it be our parents or um, a boss or a best friend or a spouse or whatever it may be, right? Um, we do that, but it never seems to satisfy. It yeah. never actually fulfills the need that you have. Yeah. And I know there's all the, the sayings and the songs, you know, there's a God-shaped hole and everything, but it really is true because he is the only one who can fill you up. And so to take that step into the unknown, because in the beginning, it is going to be the unknown. Mm -hmm. It really will. Because if you're not already living there in relationship with him, um, and even in an intimate relationship with him, it's going to be foreign for a little bit until you get used to it. And then it's going to be no big deal. <laughs> you just, you're there, you know? Yeah. We weren't, we weren't meant to exist in secondhand relationship with anyone. So you, can you imagine if we only ever talked about people, but then never actually met them. And it's kind of the same thing with Jesus is a lot of people hear about him, but they actually never meet him. Or just like you said, it's possible to meet somebody and not actually know somebody mm -hmm. like, Hey, have you met Christine? Yeah, I met her. We were at a conference and I shook her hand. So do you know her? Yeah, I know Christine. No, you don't know Christine. Right. And so, um, I was thinking about the right and wrong situation and the relationship, the relational aspect of growing in maturity with the Lord. And there's a scripture that says, he who knows the good he should do and doesn't do it, that is sin for him. And so scripture shows us that there are some things that are sin for some and aren't sin for others. It's experiential relationship and it's experiential growth. So what happens is people experience certain things and just because they're convicted or they're mature enough or they're at their point in their relationship where the Lord's convicted about something, then they tend to think that because it's sin for them, that it's sin for everyone. That's right. and, and there are some things, yes, universally, like the Lord hates certain things, but there are other things that we learn as we grow. And so some children aren't, 
two-year-olds aren't held to the same standards of maturity and understanding as a six-year-old, as a 10-year-old, as a 12-year-old. I think I've talked about this. But as we progress in relationship with the Lord, he begins to show us things and teaches us and has different expectations as we grow and learn from him. And so there are truly some people who don't know that certain things are wrong. And I would say that I would go even a step further that it. it's not only about our maturity in the Lord, it's also about our identities. Mm -hmm. And so like for me, for instance, the Lord has made it clear I am not to drink alcohol, right? Yeah. It's fine for pretty much every, not everyone else, but for pretty much everyone yeah. else to have wine. It's not like a universal, this is the mm -hmm. law. That's it's true. just for me, I'm not right. supposed to. At this point, I know about this much about why I'm not supposed to. Uh -huh. um, I'm sure there's like this much about why I'm not supposed to, but I don't know it all. Yeah. I just trust him. And sure. so if I have a conviction in my heart about it, it's sin for me if I do it. Right. Now, if you don't have that same conviction, it's not it's sin not for sin you. For and so I can't look at you and go, you know, the Lord told me that I'm not mm -hmm. supposed to drink. So he's not supposed to drink, obviously. Right. And people you know, do that, that all the time and it's <laughs> condemning and right. it's just, it's kind of sad. The other thing I wanted to say about this experiential relationship is um, Jesus, when he's talking about knowing his sheep and his sheep will know his voice. And um, that word know is uh, a word that actually, when you, when you look up the definition, the, nef the definition means experiential knowledge, a firsthand account. So it's not that, you know, I, if I've met you and then I'm in relationship with you and I know you, then that's because I've spent time with you. We've had communication. We've done things together. We've been around one another. I have firsthand experience with you, um, which is very different than, let's say, I went to a conference and you were on stage and you were talking. Like, I might know some things about you. You might have told me some stuff about you, but I've still never had that experiential, experiential knowledge of you. Right. And this is what Jesus is saying will happen with his sheep. And it's also what he prays when he talks about being knowing the father the way that he knows the father and being one in that same way. It's having that experiential relationship. Like he's saying, father, the way that I am with you and we're one and we live in existence and experience with one another, that's what I want for them. He never prayed for us to have a secondhand experience or just to hear about and gain information about, but then never actually meet. I have to tell you a story that it actually happened just the other day. And uh, there was someone, good friend, who was going through a really crappy experience. Just, I mean, trying experience for days. And um, uh, <laughs> this person just said, I'm just really I, at the end of all patience right now. And I said, then you really need to take some time to abide in the, in the Lord. And they said, don't you think I've been praying this whole time? Don't you think I've been doing... <laughs> you know, calling on angels and doing all these things and asking him for help. And I said, I, that's not what I mean. You need to abide in him. Mm -hmm. If you don't see fruit of the spirit, the only way you can get the fruit is by being in his presence. It's not that you manifest fruit by doing the right thing. Right. And if you think I was trying to look up on my so phone, important. but of course I don't have any cell service. Thankfully the Lord is good about bringing things to remembrance. But <laughs> John five twenty four says, um, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He, it is who abides in me and I in him. He, it is who 
bears much fruit. Yeah. And it's really important that we understand that abiding really is just about being with. And so one of the things for me that, you know, if you don't know how to spend time with the Lord, for me, for years, I always said I had a really good foundation of intimacy. And it's only because I didn't know anything about how to be with the Lord except to just be with him. Like I didn't do anything. I just went and like cuddled with the Lord in my imagination. That's what I did all the time. And it's fine. I mean, I actually grew really close to him and found like, that's my safe place. And, uh, that's where I want to be. And, uh, I think that if we just spend time with someone, we get that closeness and it doesn't matter if you have the right words. It doesn't matter if you pray the right prayers or do the right things. It's just about being. And when that happens, fruit starts to come and you start to see that patience come. You start to see these things that you can't manifest because you're only getting it from him. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it's just the most important thing. Imagine if I just called you up and needed things from me all the time. Hey, Chris, can you fix this problem? Can you pay this bill? Can you fix my car? Can you... <laughs> My my leg hurts. We heal my leg. We help my headache. Can you help my? I need a new job. I need more money. I want to pay debt. I want to. And I was like, okay, bye. That kind of terrible for you. Kind of happens every day to me. That sucks. <laughs> her sister calls her the most. And, and asks for true. things. Because your husband's I, I not always, providing I always, for you. I always ask her to just. I just usually call and throw up all of everything that I'm learning all over. Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth, like when you get all of your necessary abiding in the Lord, you don't look for it in other people. Exactly. There's not fulfillment that you're expecting to get from someone else. I don't ever go, gosh, darn it. Why don't they just like me? No, I'm just like, sure. How can I help? What's up? You know, I don't even think like that. So for me, I don't feel hurt because people just ask for things for me because I'm getting what I need from the Lord. And so I'm not looking for my husband to fulfill my needs. I'm not looking for my friends to fulfill my needs. I'm not looking for my cat to fulfill my needs. I don't have a cat. I know, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, A lot of people kind of just seek everything but that. And then they're unfulfilled all the time. So there's this... uh... I think the guy's name is Henry Nowen. Nguyen. Nguyen. Henry Nguyen. And I read this on the other podcast the other day, but um, I'm just going to read the last little snippet. It says, we can only perceive the stranger as an enemy as long as we have something to defend. But when we say, please enter, my house is your house, my joy is your joy, my sadness is your sadness, and my life is your life. We have nothing to defend since we have nothing to lose but all to give. And so... The other part says, once we have given up our desire to be fully fulfilled, we can offer emptiness to others. But it's when we're not looking to be fulfilled by them, right? right. Not worried about you know, being offended or being accepted or whatever it is. You know, we can really have that peace in the Lord. And so I'm learning this lately. Like all of this is fresh mm-hmm. on my mind because the Lord's showing me like, hey, fulfillment in me. Stop putting that pressure on your wife to be that <laughs> thing for you because she can't live up. She cannot fulfill that need. And that's like. And it's, it's not a burden that she needs to be carrying, worried about fulfilling her husband, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Janine, I've seen you just there, uh, nicely rolling around and watching and listening. (laughs) And I just feel like you might have something to add to the conversation. Am I right? I wondered. Oh gosh, I could pop with stuff to say. Everything that you guys have said, it's like, oh, 
when when Jason started out with the tree, well, Christine and Kim both now have been talking about the tree for the last month plus. And uh, I, the way I got uh, introduced to it, Jason, was the Lord told me to start cursing the root of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So I was like, okay. And I kind of thought, well, that's kind of weird. I've never heard of that before. So I pushed it back to the Lord a half a dozen times and he pushed it back to me. And uh, I said, are you sure this is you? You know, are you sure? And he said, Janine, you'll know me by the fruit. So I said, okay, I get that. So I just started cursing the root of the tree. Well, not only do I feel like the Lord reached in my thought process and tweaked it because when you're doing that it's impossible to reach into the tree so I've been walking this now for about six weeks and I have maybe a with my husband maybe two other couples I see on a regular basis and so I shared it with one of them two of them three now all six of us have heard from the Lord and we're all cursing the root of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we're that. all like when we run across each other, it was great. We were doing a s'mores Friday night thing at somebody's fireplace in their backyard. And my husband starts to download from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And one of my good friends just stops him in midstream and goes, dude, that's from the wrong tree. Hang it up. And it was like, oh, thank God someone else is saying it because he's heard it come out of my mouth regularly now for the last six weeks. So good. So that's pretty cool to be walking and experience it with a handful of people. And we'll, we'll call each other for different things. And we will now stop ourselves in mid sentence and go, Oh, sorry. Don't even answer that. I know what tree that came from. Mm. And uh, so that's been really cool and exciting and fruitful. But uh, Jason, when you said, Oh, maybe it was, I think all of you have touched on this point. You start operating when you're not looking at somebody or yourself out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You start to love yourself. You start to love your spouse. You start to love everybody you open your mouth to mm -hmm. supernaturally. Only God could do that. I've witnessed. And uh, <laughs> so I'm just in this new place of, wow, because our whole culture, our whole world, since Adam, we've been accessing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We didn't know any better. Stop accessing and see what happens. It's like the whole roof blows off. It's like there's a <laughs> whole new world out there. Mm -hmm. And you really love everybody you come in contact with because you're not looking at them from sin or good or evil or was that right or was that wrong? That just is history in your brain. Right. No. And I just feel this new love of God that I've never experienced before coming out of me towards others because I have not given the time of day to that tree anymore. Mm. So the only thing left is the tree of life. And I'm experiencing that in my marriage, my relationships with friends and anybody that wants to give me the time of day, I'll just be going after that tree. So it's been great. I'm, I'm just excited about it. And, and, uh, waiting for the next wave. <laughs> I love it. I love that, Janine. That's, That's so good. I, <clears throat> I feel like I talk about this stuff all the time, but <clears throat> I believe that scripture is useful and it, it, it says of itself that it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, all that stuff, training in righteousness. Um, but I think we've, 
what we've done, I think we've, um, obviously we've idolized the scripture in some regard and we've made it our new tree of knowledge of good and evil because we'll say something or someone will say something. And then the first thing we ask is where's that in scripture? And so we start flipping through the pages to figure out whether what they're saying or doing or experiencing is right or wrong. Yeah. Is it good or evil? Wow. And right. so we're using the scriptures as our tree of knowledge of good and evil. And obviously it's, that is the wrong way to use scripture. Mm -hmm. I hope I didn't just sound well. And what, what better <laughs> you know, example, knowledge of good and evil truly, there. what if we went and took what people were saying and tested it with the Lord? That's what we're supposed so, to do. Yeah. So instead of testing against scripture, just go test it with the Lord. Yeah. Tree Discern. of life, tree of knowledge, like easy peasy. Or, yeah. There's a really good example. Wow. Or Jesus. Wow. He's the word. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. I can talk on that all day. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think that's really good. I I guess I've never thought of it like that, but I, I do believe that that's part of the problem because scriptures are so useful. They're so useful mm -hmm. for so many things, um, but not for that. Right. Well, even Jesus said um, to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think in them you find life. Right. And wow. yet you've refused to come to me. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life, right? I am the truth. I am the one that decides between what is good and evil or right or wrong. Come to me to do that. And so he basically says the way that you've used the law and used the scripture, you, if you're looking at it for life, you've, you've done it wrong, right? And so I'm, I'm the life. So come to him. He's the tree of life. So funny. I just imagine like, what if I went, to this conference of pastors and mm. i was like just quit seeking the scriptures for everything and just come and ask me <laughs> i mean god wouldn't they hate me uh -huh. <laughs> and yeah. so i'm just thinking wow that's that must have been how it went you know like yeah oh. that's why he was hated because well, they're like what how dare you how dare you know well you know what's interesting about about that is that when jesus when he challenged that paradigm, when he challenged that worldview, that religion, their inclination was to hate him and then to kill him. And so Jesus says that if you even have hate in your heart towards your brother, well, then you've committed murder. And so what happens, sadly, in the religious situation is that when you come against some of that stuff or you start speaking out towards it like that, the first thing that happens is anger and then it turns into hate and then they reject you and they call you a heretic and essentially they've murdered you. You know, it's the same response. I mean, this is what Jesus said, you know, oh, it's happening. It's terrible. It sucks. I don't like it. The good news is if we keep focused on the Lord and we keep abiding, mm -hmm. then when we do that, he will lead every step to where we can make the ultimate love sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And so just like Yeshua did, maybe, maybe not to the same degree, but we can radically love them mm -hmm. even though they hate our guts Right. and their hearts, some of those guys, their hearts turned. Mm -hmm. I mean, some major turning happened. And what if we just love radically when they hate our guts? Yeah. I mean, forgive them. They don't know what that's they kind mean. of the point, right? Yeah. Right. Stuff, stuff though. I got a lot of anger towards some people like that just because of the hurt and things they've caused. Well, you know but what? But is there not redemption oh, there is. to be had? Because Absolutely. I believe there is. 
Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, when you see the bad fruit like that in yourself, you know, I'm not pointing fingers. I've been there too. I probably am somewhere. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, when you see the bad fruit, you go, crap, that's not fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, that means I haven't been abiding. And so we know that we can't just change our minds about it. It's not going to work like that. The Lord is the one who his kindness leads us to repentance. It's not our amazing effort that leads us to repentance. That's good. I mean, it's true. And so wow. if mm. you if you look at it like that, we have to abide to even receive his kindness and understand mm. it and be in it. And so we just abide in him and then we'll bear much fruit. Gosh, that's, that's true. So well, and even with people and even brothers and sisters who've done us wrong or rejected us or hated us, whatever it may be, um, tried to kill us, whatever, you know, again, I'm bringing it back to what I said earlier, but I think it's the same. You go to the father and you ask to see them through his eyes Yeah, and you will still love them radically. It's true. And you will still see them for who they were created to be. And that is a beautiful place to be because that's what strips off all of this worldliness and all of this stuff from the tree of knowledge. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Death cannot hold on to that. Yeah. So his kindness leads us to repentance. Is it also likely that the kindness of that, the fruit of kindness through us can lead others to repentance? Of course, because it's so, his kindness. Right. So it's sourced only from him. Yeah. Let me tell you just a real quick story. I was at a Mexican restaurant. Um, we were eating tacos. We we're about to go to a class, and there was a guy that was sitting at the table next to us. We we're all talking about the Lord, or we were probably just talking about theology, actually. But um, <laughs> so we we're talking about theology, <laughs> and this guy next to us, he's like, "Hey, I can't help but notice, but you guys are talking about God." And I have a couple of questions. And so you can tell he's a studied atheist. And so he starts throwing out, lobbing out all the, you know, stump the Christian grenades. And, and so we're, <laughs> we're going back and forth. And, and I finally was like, well, if you want to talk scripture, scripture says that he gave them over to a deprived mind. So I actually put you in that category. So you can't understand this stuff because your mind is deprived. How do you like that for scripture? Right. So I did that. I was a jerk to him. <laughs> we're going Great. back and forth, oh, right. We're going back and forth at it. Finally, we're just like, okay, whatever. Well, I go up to the register to pay my bill and I tell the lady, I said, Hey, I want to buy his meal. Well, I didn't realize that he had like a huge bag of to go food. and It was like 60 bucks. And I was like, crap, I didn't talk to Kim about this, <laughs> but I ended up buying his food and I wanted to leave without him knowing that it was me. Well, I went out to my car, realized I forgot my keys. So I had to go back in to get my keys. And while I was grabbing my keys, um, the guy went up to pay for his food and the lady was saying, no, he paid for you. And so the guy comes over. He's like, bro, you didn't have to do that. And I was like, no, man, I, I, I wanted to bless you. And you could just tell his entire face changed. And all that aggression, all that anger, all that desire to fight and argue, it was completely gone. And he uh, he shook my hand. He's like, you, you're a good person, man. You really are a good person. And it was the kindness, the generosity. In an instant, I saw it in his face. It completely changed. Mm -hmm. And he got outside and he went to get on a bike and I offered him like, hey, I'll give you a ride home. You don't, you know, and I just felt kindness towards him after that. And I'll never forget that experience because I've never seen anybody change their tune that quick. But that single act of kindness really made a huge difference. Wow. It was wild. That's cool. It was, it was a cool, cool experience. <laughs> And I don't know that I'll ever tell anybody that they have a deprived mind again. Hopefully. 
maybe be a good choice. Like, you want to play the scripture game? Let's get there. Oh, that's Gosh. funny. <laughs> well, uh, Dorothy is also on. We never got to give her a hey at the beginning. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Dorothy, I don't know if you're on. Hi. Do you have anything to add to the conversation? She would probably need maybe. to be unmuted. She might be getting to a place where she can be unmuted. Oh, okay. We can't tell. We yeah, just see you walking. Can't we can't actually oh, no, hear I think her she's at this talking. point. Oh, here, let me try to unmute you. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. Hello, there she I is. I was watching a show in the other room and I had my earphones in. And Joshua, yes, I love how they do say, Oh, go ask yes, go ask Yeshua. Go ask Yeshua. When I first moved here in 2000, one of their ladies in my group um, kept saying, sit at his feet, sit at his feet. I'm yeah. like, no, just tell me. You've got the answer. You really want me to press in for months when you can just tell me like that? <laughs> and it is frustrating when you know that they can just have it right there. But <clears throat> it is a training process. And yes, you do have to do the hours, the time. It shows your heart. Do you really want it? Or do you want the answers? So this has been, I had no idea what y'all were going to be talking about. It has been such a blessing because I've been, um, the goal this this month was to read through Matthew. I'm, I'm following someone's Matthew 18, 19, 20, and then two, two days break to catch up. Well, evidently I had four days to catch up. And I'm writing down, you know, certain verses that are inspiring me, but it wasn't, I wasn't really, doing it to seek God. I Today, I had four days of catch-up until I got to Acts 22. It was in Acts, if I said Matthew. And I'm like, wow, I never saw that. And I'm circling this and I'm really getting in. And he's feeding me, not just reading. And this is an interesting verse. Usually there's something that comes out at me because I'm spending just time with just one. And I just was going through to try to, and saying them out loud and um, just because I don't normally say it out loud. And I thought, wow, thank you, Lord. That's so neat. When you hear, when you have something come to you that you know is from the Lord, this wisdom that just, I said, Holy Spirit, show me something that, you know, teach me something while I'm reading this. I don't want it to just be a book. And I don't always ask that, but I did do that today. But I still wasn't ready to hear from him until anyway there was it was just really neat and so i know we need to spend more time with him and i it's just frustrating when you feel like but i've pressed in for so many times and i don't hear him like you do but i need to seek i like the cursing the root of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil i'm going to start doing that i try to ask him to take me to the tree of life to eat from the food of life the food from the tree of life before i eat and sometimes i can sense something and like an umbrella tree or something, a different kind of tree, just uh, it changes, but it's just a sense. I don't actually get to physically see it, um, but I have to trust that he's teaching me because I am a visual person. Maybe he's teaching me. I need to have faith in a different way than visual. Okay. Let's, let's strengthen these muscles, the hearing muscles or the sensing muscles in some, some other kind of way, because if I just work out my arms, shoot the bottom half is going to be all you know weak and I won't be able to stand or ride a bike or whatever so as frustrating as it is I understand God so 
This has been really, really helpful. That's amazing. Thank you. I, I love that you shared that story because a lot of times we, we make the reading of the scriptures a task. And a lot of people do that. Read your Bible and pray. Have your quiet time. There's nothing wrong with that, but it can become the, the thing to mark off, right? The, the checkbox. But um, that's so amazing that the Lord would use the scriptures. I mean, he, he does this. He and does so we can't that. get so rigid on, we'll press in. I mean, we want to press in, but if you're not hearing anything, it may be that he does want to enliven the scriptures in that moment and that he'll use that. And essentially what the scriptures are, everybody says, Oh, it's a love letter. It's a manual. It's all these things. It's a witness of the saints. And we can all encourage each other with our witness. I can remind you of the goodness of God and I can tell you a story and you can be built up and encouraged by that. You're reading the book of Acts. It's a narrative. Luke writes this down so that the saints in millennia after can read about the way that the Lord moved even back then. Mm -hmm. And so you're reading that the testimony of Luke and you're like, wow, this is amazing, right? The Lord used that testimony to speak life into you. And I think that's so amazing. It's not like this information thing. Right, we're literally reading the words of those who have gone before us that have experienced Yahweh. One time, one year, um, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I decided I was going to read the Bible through in a year because I'd never read it cover to cover. I'd read, I'd try and I'd get through some months, you know, some whatever, get but I'd never months. read it. And I started, <laughs> started on the journey. And then after about a month, I realized. I'm just trying to get through this instead of really taking the time. And so of course journaling is when I really slow down because he, he can get a word in edgewise while I'm writing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, it took me two years, but I, I, I said, I'm sorry, God, I've been using this as a task instead of really, I don't know whether I was seeking to know, know him through it, but just really to understand it and learn more. And it, it really touched my heart that, it, that he was showing me. I was just trying to get through something to say I had could accomplish it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I don't usually get into the word and I mean, I might have it on my app and listen to it. I don't sit down and sit still. I'll do worship music or I'll have it, you know, on while I'm getting dressed or getting in the kitchen, whatever. But I, I do best when I spend even 10 minutes sitting down with the word and journal because he just flows through me. Mm. That's good stuff. Good. That's good. Well, you guys, this has been a great conversation. Do you guys have anything else to add before we say our goodbyes? Any of you? I just wanted to agree with Dorothy. One Josh brought up uh, when it came up about asking for answers. I think I learned in the first Two, two episodes with Christine and Kim. Well, just ask the Lord. Just ask the Lord. Go to the Lord. So now when I know I'm going to talk to them, I have a whole list and the Lord wipes out most of it before we ever get on the phone because I know they're going to say, did you ask the Lord? So now I do it beforehand. That's good. That's good. Proactive. <laughs> but, it, it, but again, it's coming out of that old place of thinking, knowledge retreat go to meeting i'll just get a quick answer i'll just get a quick answer they know what they're doing i don't have to spend all that time baloney <laughs> the lord wants me to spend the time learning his voice and his answers versus people because when he says it you remember it it's true so thanks for sharing that part josh <laughs> <laughs> that's good you're welcome <laughs>
it was really good to hear that they say the same thing to somebody else. I feel like the only one that really made me feel really y'all aren't just way up here. And I'm, I'm hearing. It's not like they're like, wait, what they give you all the answers. Why don't they give me all the answers? Wait, wait, let me tell you this though. We say this to each other. It's true. Well, did you go ask the Lord? I'm like, dang it. No, I know. Haven't I told you about my whole health journey and how, I knew I needed to lose some weight. So I started a diet and Chris was like, have you asked the Lord about what you're supposed to be doing? And I'm like, of course I haven't. Why would I do such a thing? You know, (laughs) we do it too. It's just, uh, sometimes we need that reminder, you know, it's true. That's fun. Yeah. Well, a biddy, a biddy, a biddy. That's all (laughs) folks. Oh, funny. Thanks for joining us guys. Um, thanks for joining thanks. our podcast. Thank you, Kingdom Builders, being with us tonight. Joshua, Janine, and Dottie. Thank you. We love you all. Many blessings. Thank you. We love y'all too. All right. Adios, muchachos. Bye. Adios. Bye. Bye. <laughs>